1: Christian witches. Yes, that is an oxymoron, but we're going to talk about it. Welcome in. This is Religionless Christianity. I'm your host, Nikki. And yes, I'm going solo today. Spencer is not here for this one. So I'm trying my best to figure everything out. And he has tried to teach me all the editing and all that fun stuff. So hopefully when I'm done recording this, I am successful and don't make any mistakes. So um, yeah, um, I have a prayer request and it's just about our dog. He's... It's just, of course, there's always something crazy and just that always happens when when Spencer's gone. There's always something extra I got to deal with. And so it's just the dog just has been scratching at his face. and, And it's just disgusting and trying to get this cone on his head and treat his wound and hold him down. He's a baby. He doesn't like being held down. He doesn't like me putting anything on him. He doesn't like taking baths. And so me and my two daughters have to actually hold him down with all of our might just so I can spray this stuff on his wound, on his face. And he thinks we're attacking him, and he actually, like, nipped at me last night. He's never nipped at anybody, but he's just so terrified um, of this whole us holding him down, and, you know, he doesn't understand that we're trying to help him. So pray that he is healed, that what we're doing is going to help because we don't want to go to the vet and have to pay, you know, a bill. Those are always really expensive. So um, hopefully the dog is better by the time Spencer gets home so he doesn't have to deal with that. So, yeah, just be praying, (laughs) praying for our dog. I know, a small prayer request, but the kids love him, and we love him too sometimes. No, he's good. I'm glad he's here. He's a good um, he's a good watchdog. He really does look out um, for the family. I think I think he would protect us if he had to, if anything ever happened. So, yeah, I want to um, also remind you guys to um, like and subscribe and follow us on YouTube and please hop on Discord. We'd love to discuss all these topics with you, uh, especially the one I'm going to talk about today. I really want to discuss. Um, this whole idea of Christian witches and how the new age, this like fad, I think it's like a fad, but I know those little doors, those fads um, that they can be a door that opened up deeper occult things. The things that seem just like fun and games, like Ouija boards and tarot cards and the things like the crystals. So I decided to do this topic because uh, I took the kids to Books a Million yesterday morning, and and you know, I'm going to the Christian section, but as I'm walking down the aisle, I see this huge section of witchcraft, you know, occult, pagan, um, you know, in the, and around that section is like philosophy, all that kind of stuff. And it's not just books, it's, I don't know, all the other things. And you know, they even had sage and all the crystals. Like, all this stuff looks really pretty like the crystals that's gonna kids are gonna be like "Ooh, look at these pretty rocks or whatever they're gonna call them or diamonds but they're the crystals and and the sage is there and whatever else I don't know I don't look into all the things that that's used in witchcraft so I was just amazed that there was such a big selection of books and all the other merchandise for it and it was more than is in the Christian section. And the Christian section, is at this particular book's a million, is pretty small, actually. It's just one aisle. It's a small aisle. And, like, the right side is just Bibles, and then the left is just extra books. And then I'm looking through the Christian books, and I notice most of these books are, like, self-help, you know, a type of spirituality, but they're very new age as well and I'm like this I just wanted to take the books off the shelf and just go put them in like the witchcraft pagan section where I thought they belong but I don't know I didn't want to just get in trouble I didn't want anybody to walk over and yell at me for that but because I know how they don't like when their books are out of order but anyways I it just got me interested in knowing what's going on so I decided to look up uh just a couple articles, um, nothing in particular. I just kind of Googled like witchcraft, new age. And um, so a couple articles that I'm just going to go over. The first one, I'm not going to have them on the screen because I don't know how to do that part at Spencer's. He'll teach me that later. So I'm just going to talk about the articles and I'll link them in the description. So the first one I'm going to go over... Was called. It's by the Atlantic, and it's called "The Witches of Baltimore." Young black women are leaving Christianity and embracing African witchcraft in digital uh, covens. I think I'm saying that right. And and it is like an online. You know, everybody's got digital groups. You know, Facebook groups and stuff. So they kind of meet online because they don't want to come out in the open. So these are women who have left the Christian church and are just secretly online um, delving into witchcraft, uh, different forms of it. It's not all um, one type. I guess there's different ki- kinds of witchcraft. <clears throat> and I, you know, I just I just skimmed over that part. I'm not interested in learning about all the different kinds, what makes up the differences. And I guess this part. Particular one, um, they had, hold on, let me go, the lady I'm quoting here, um, I didn't put her name in my notes here, but she says, we may not be Christian here, but we still pray, uh, said a woman dressed entirely in white as she addressed a large audience of African American women standing behind a lectern speaking in the of a preacher she added I understand God more now doing what I'm doing than I ever did in church and that I don't know I don't know what was she what was she doing in church before um, I don't know what kind of church you know there's a lot of questions there's a lot of holes in these stories and in the God that she knows better now obviously isn't the same God of the Bible. And I think a lot of these women, there's just, there's a lot of quotes in here. And I'm just going to go over some of them, but I think a lot of them, you know, a lot of people just because you're brought up in a quote unquote Christian church doesn't mean you're really brought up in the truth. We know, we know there's a lot of churches out there that aren't really preaching the truth and they're just all, you know, strict and, um, uh, I guess you'd say religious, uh, you know, like Pharisees. So I'm just going to go on and read more. It says, over the past decade, white millennials have embraced witchcraft in droves. Now a parallel phenomenon is emerging among among black millennials. While their exact numbers are difficult to gauge, it's clear that African-American pop culture has started to reflect the trend. In the music industry alone, there's Beyonce's allusion to the African goddess, in Lemonade, and I don't even know these songs. <laughs> I'm just reading it. <laughs> and at the Grammys, uh, Azalea Banks' uh, declaration that she practices brujeria. Uh, I might not be saying that right. It just It's a Spanish term for witchcraft. In Princess Nokia's hit, Brujas, in which she tells white witches, everything you got, you got from us. So... Um, a lot of this, uh, they get from all this, uh, do it yourself books. Um, you know, they say things like it's spiritual, but not religious, you know, things like, you know, using the, the crystals and, uh, the sage and all that. And a lot of this is, as I was reading on, um, a lot of these women say they were, forced they felt like they were everybody says oh you forced me into a certain religion like christianity like well you weren't forced into it that's the way you were brought up that was your what your parents were Christians. so of course they're gonna raise you as christians because this girl here monica jeffries says um she's a 28 year old teacher who um was at this convention this witch convention uh she said she grew up in the apostolic church she broke ties with it four years ago. She said her mother, her mother had forced Christianity on her. And she, uh, Monica Jeffrey, sometimes calls home trying to figure out why. She says, I'm asking her her mom questions. She's like, I'm asking her questions about Christianity. And I'm like, why would you do this to us? She still can't give me answers. So she's questioning her mom on why she brought them up in a Christian home. So at the same time, I'm thinking like, well, I want to ask her mom. Like, I don't know. You just wonder, well, where did I go wrong as a mom? Why, why, why is she talking to her mom? Is if her mom did something horrible to her by bringing her up in a Christian church? Like, it's just really sad um, that they're just taking on this this victim mentality and and blaming like she's blaming her mom, and. I don't know. You don't know what people have gone through in their lives, but you're just getting one side of the story. But it just sounds ridiculous. But I guess a lot of these women um, come from abused homes, though. That was a common theme in um, some other articles I read, too. It's a common theme in witchcraft. Uh, There's a lot of um, LGBTQ is common in and all these witchcraft groups, all this online uh, gathering. So it says, while some millennials enter the black witch community seeking answers, others are simply hungry for a place where they can belong. And I think, I think that's true. I think a lot of our youth, um, I think that's mo- I think that's just people. They want a place to belong. And if they'd been brought up in church and say they weren't, maybe their home life didn't match what was being preached in church. And, of course, kids grow up and they see if their parents are hypocrites. Um, and, I mean, this is a common thing. I um, mean, you know, I went to school with, I mean, I went, I grew up Catholic, but a lot of them fell away. But the home life didn't match. Um, what you're being taught in school. I mean, you're still learning commandments and everything in the Christian school. But I think these people I went to school with—they're—they're they're all most of them, at least from what I see on Facebook—are are atheists now. And I know a lot of people's parents weren't Christian. Um, a lot of people who went to Catholic school or Christian school—that doesn't mean their home life matched what they were being taught. You know, kids grow up and they see their parents are hypocrites they're making them learn making them go to church and school but the home life uh they're not being raised that way at home I think you know you know what I mean and so I think these youth want a place to belong and for some reason they're drawn to this they're accepted and everybody says the same thing everybody's nice they accept them for who they are this whole um empowerment and acceptance so and it goes on to say see here yes it says witchcraft serves as a safe haven for some lgbt lgbt youth who don't feel welcome in the church the number of online posts by and about lgbt witches attests to the overlap between queer and witch communities empowerment was an unmistakable aspect of the black witch convention uh, uh, they talk about, uh, sexual trauma, suppression, and self-acceptance, and it felt like group therapy. Women cried or spoke in trembling voices as they describe experiences of abuse. And I don't want to make light of that because that's, I mean, these women, obviously they do need help and it's a shame. I don't know what kind of church they went to or the people in the church, um, weren't helping them. I mean, a lot of people they go into church and they do need healing. They need deliverance. Um, And, you know, the false gospel, <laughs> call on Jesus and your life will be better. Uh, you'll have riches and health and wealth. Okay, that's a false gospel. That isn't going to help these girls. So if people are going to churches like that, then, yeah. I mean, in a sense, I don't blame them for leaving because they really just want to be healed. And if they're going to find... um you know, a false healing uh, through this witchcraft. Um, I think they just feel accepted and sometimes being accepted and talking about stuff is healing naturally. Um, But we need to remember the forgiveness aspect of this. These women who were abused um, growing up, they, the church does need to preach the gospel to them, but they also need to hear, um, they need to learn how to forgive the abuser and, and there's women out there who I know they can't. They have a hard time forgiving the abuser, and then they know if I don't forgive, then God won't forgive me. And I don't know. I and I wonder. Uh, I was talking online with a girl today, and you know, I was kind of did a survey to see what people thought about, uh, like why they go to the church they go to, like what you know were the, um, what was it like the criteria or whatever that made you choose your church, you know? And one girl said. Things like, um, you know, help with drug addiction or they really advocate for fostering kids, you know, things in the community that you can be a help in. So I think it's, I told her, I said it's really important. I think the church uh, should help in those ways, you know, because there are broken people coming into churches and and they need help. They need they need spiritual help, but there's practical ways to help these women too. They do need uh, they do need ther- therapy, and they need to be taught how to forgive. And the only way they're going to learn how to forgive is understanding their offenses toward God. Because if we know God can forgive us, that does help us learn to forgive others because the sin is against God. It's really not against us. Like those people that abuse them, sinned against God not just those women and if God can forgive them uh, you know they can forgive them too so I just wonder where the church went wrong were any of these um, helps in the church and did they ever open up to anybody in the church to find healing and at the same time these churches need to I don't know I feel like well let me get into the other story first before I go on to that I get ahead of myself. I know when Spencer's here, he has a better outline and we stay on topic because I do tend to jump ahead. So what was the last thing this lady said? Um, Oh, (laughs) these Christian witches. (laughs) They said they argue that Christianity and African witchcraft are complementary, not mutually exclusive. Uh, The Bible ain't nothing but a big old spell book. So... I yeah I'll comment on on that after the next one because the next article is a good story and it's actually from Christianity Today and I did listen to um, Mike Cosper's um, The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill this morning so they did put out that podcast early this morning I got up at four o'clock I don't know why I was just awake and I listened to that But I decided I wasn't going to cover that because I think Spencer would really like to go over it. And I don't know. This was already like on my mind. So I was already working on it, not realizing they were going to come out with their podcasts this morning. So anyway, so this is a good article by Christianity Today. And I clicked on it, not realizing it was them. So I thought, oh, good, I'm still going to talk about something by them anyway. So this one's titled... New Age healer. I was a New Age healer. Then I realized I wasn't the one doing the healing. Why a Reiki master renounced her craft to follow Jesus? And it's a it's a long testimony. Uh, it's a really good read. I think it's really well written. Um, and I, I couldn't stop reading it when I started it, and, and it did make me uh, tear up a little bit. It was it's pretty good. And so yeah, her whole story of um, being brought up. Um, She was brought up as a Christian, but got lured into um, New Age stuff. I'm just going to read part of it. Um, She says, my grandmother, a wise and loving Christian woman, had a strong influence on me. She would sit on her front porch shelling peas for supper. Her eyes would shine with light and my heart would burn as she told stories about the many people Jesus helped and how the demons and religious leaders didn't like him. As a teenager, I was curious about the supernatural realm and I started satisfying that curiosity with books on the occult. I loved God, but I also nursed a disobedient streak. And even though the subject matter was frightening, I found myself gradually lured in. I bought a Ouija board and became interested in clairvoyance, the ability to know things about people and places, present or future, based on heightened perception and I understand the lure of this. I actually was interested in it. When I was a kid, you know, the movie The Craft came out. Um, I know people today still like the movie Hocus Pocus, especially it's October and everybody's posting about it. But now I'm like, I know it's a funny movie. Like it has, like part of me wants to watch it. But I don't know. I feel a conviction about a silly Halloween movie. And then that's good. I know God is working on me and I'm going to honor that conviction because I'm not going to satisfy my flesh just because it's reminiscent and, you know, reminds me of my childhood. I'm I'm not going to watch it. And anyway, I know there's a lot of other, like, all the Halloween movies I watched as a kid, the other ones coming out. It's just like, I don't know, the whole thing. Where do you draw the line? So I know we've talked about that before. So when it comes to this stuff, I don't know. I got to think about where I'm drawing my line. So, yeah, as a kid, I – me and my best friend would do um you know we, we watched that movie the craft like i said and we're doing that whole trying to get each other to levitate uh we didn't have a ouija board we made our own just with paper and a pen and i remember i, I brought a ouija board home from someone's house and my mom saw it she freaked out and i think she threw it in the trash well I mean, that's good, but I still was like, oh, I'll just make my own. But I don't remember anything weird happening, but I did. I had, like, this passion. Like, it was something about, like, the excitement of it, you know, just like people like horror movies. I don't know why people just like spooky spiritual stuff, like even adults do. They like those kinds of movies still. And I don't know. I'm not drawn to it anymore. So I understand what this – um This girl is saying like it's I think it's really well written and I I was reading it thinking yeah totally get it I understand why you were lured in and I don't know when I I don't know why I didn't continue pursuing those kinds of things as a kid I don't know I don't remember continuing and going on further it was just something fun I did for a short time but so this girl went a little further she the ability to know things about people and places present or future based on heightened perception that isn't anything i ever um knew about to even try to um perfect or delve into more so yeah the idea of accessing supernatural powers remained appealing whereas it didn't for me so this girl also um endured sexual abuse Uh, like i said the common theme here so she struggled with relationships drinking rebellious impulses as a teenager which most of us can um, relate to that so she longed for some means of empowerment and escape so there's that word empowerment again and we do see that in um, in our culture with you know in the other article where they talked about I don't remember their names but just Beyonce comes to mind and maybe Shakira but that whole Goddess, you're a goddess and be empowered and all that type of language that's all in our culture I mean when I was a kid, even girl power was a thing and I'm like, I don't like that. I don't like anything that's elevating girls above boys or even vice versa like if boys were to wear shirts that were about boy power, oh man, the media would flip out you know that would be all over the news, but the girls can wear it it's fine. So all this empowerment for women, um, yeah, that's been going on for a while. So everybody's longing for means of empowerment and escape. Um, so then the lady says later on, um, she was drawn to the promise of self healing and the opportunity to heal others. So she has this Christian background. So she has she wants to heal others. So she was never really in um, the type of witchcraft where she's doing you know, trying to, um, I don't know, do spells or curses on people. She was wanting it for good because she remembers learning about Jesus as a kid and liking how he healed people. So she says this here, I like this. She says, looking back, I see how Satan was preparing me to be seduced by one of the greatest dangers of the New Age thinking, a false promise of peace through spiritual enlightenment. Although Christians often associate New Age philosophies with crystal balls, Ouija boards, and seances, most New Agers regard these activities as dime-store knockoffs of more mature paths of self-discovery. Many are healthcare workers, um, environmentalists, engineers, and teachers. Their worldly success and sophistication are alluring. Their lives appear the pillar of peace and stability. And that's really what people want that's like what satan offers he offers you the world and and then through that false gospel you know call on jesus and your life will be better it'll just be uphill and i just see that that false gospel is it just makes you think of satan tempting jesus and yeah this sounds very familiar so don't uh don't be jealous of unbelievers who, (laughs) who look like they have it all together because that just means they took the bait of Satan. They made a deal with them pretty much. Um, so being a Christian does not mean your life (laughs) is going to be good. And well, anyway, the rest of this story, um, I skipped over a lot of it. I know I'm doing a lot of reading way more than we normally do, but I just want you guys to I just felt like I needed to read more um, to really understand her story. But she has a lot more in there. She has some really interesting things that happened to her. And she said in her mid-20s, she began studying Reiki, a New Age healing technique that uses different symbols and hand positions to supposedly channel energy from the universe. I didn't know what that meant. I remember I worked um, with a guy uh, in Alaska when I was working at Starbucks. And he was going through, you know, massage school, and he was talking about Reiki, and I really didn't know what it what it meant, but he was talking about it being healing, and I never made the connection. To, I was, I didn't really know about New Age stuff yet, Um, that term and all this stuff. I, yeah, I was ignorant of it, but yes, the only time I ever really heard of it was when he was telling me about it. But yeah, he wasn't a Christian. He, yeah, he was a gay he was a gay man he was a young man he was probably like 20 um which makes sense they say the usually the witchcraft in that um lgbt community uh overlap well she says at the time i was desperate for peace and longing for spiritual awakening wanting to belong i eagerly i eagerly accepted the idea that satan was a man-made myth contrived to keep people in religious bondage yeah People don't like to feel like they're in bondage, but it's so (sighs) religious bondage. Well, he's not a myth, but he does keep you in bondage to sin. So, well, he's just not a myth, but he does want you to stay in bondage to sin. But she was longing, um, she wanted to belong somewhere. And she knew, I mean, she knew where where she did belong, but she let her desire. Um, she let this stuff be more of a desire than Jesus. But her story goes on. She, she does talk about how she always had that conviction from the Holy Spirit um, that things weren't right. You know, she always felt a little guilty with what she was doing. And when someone would try to give her credit or to another person credit when they were healed or even to another God um, for healing, she would, you know, she would say, no, it's, that's God. It's not me healing you. And so she, she didn't want to take credit for something she knew that God was doing. But at the same time, I think, well, was it even God healing people? Because you don't want to give credit to God for something that's wicked because God tells us not to practice these things. So I don't know. I wasn't really sure about if I agreed with her saying that, but it's good that she didn't want to take the credit, whether she was right or wrong, if it was God or not. Um, I think her heart was right in that. Um, and I like this last part here. It says the new age is the old Satan playing on our deepest longings for peace, connection, abundance, and immortality. In contrast, the Christian path of obedience, sacrifice, and suffering can seem foolish. That's why I praise the name of Jesus who laid down his life, not for spiritual masters, but for the weak and wounded sinners that he loved so dearly. It's really, um, the whole article is pretty good. Um, so, yeah, I'll have that linked in the description. But I just wanted to say it would be really neat if this lady, um, don't know what church she goes to now, but she is saved. She did go. She burned all her books. She ripped them up. Not burned. I don't know if she burned them. She said she tore them up. <laughs> and she ended up repenting and leaving all that behind. So it's a really good story. And I thought if she could just, um, or even if – You know, if her testimony was recorded and played in churches, because I know this New Age stuff, all these things um, are in the church. Um, Even in the other article I read, these these, um, witches, they still go to church. They try to, I don't know, they think they can do both, or they're in there just trying to cause problems. But... I think this is something we can't be uh, ignorant about and we need to address it. Just like we want our pastors to address everything that's going on during these days to know what to think about it and what we should do about all the things going on in the world today that affect us now. And this is one of them because it's, it's going after our kids and, you know, all these things I saw in the bookstore, they were all, you know, your eyes were drawn to these things. They look fun. They look interesting and, Um, you know, I had my kids in the store and I thought, and I'm walking around in these other sections too, you know, anime and there's just a whole section and I'm just like, I don't want my kids walking around the bookstore by themselves. There's like swear words on the covers of these books and there's things in there I don't want my kids to read. I don't want them to see even the anime cartoon, you know, covers of their books are inappropriate. Just like, I don't want them walking around here by themselves. I need to like cover their eyes. Yeah, we can't even, like, go to the bookstore without having to worry about them. And I don't know. But I think this needs to be talked about in churches. Um, it's definitely something we know the kids are are going to see it. They're going to be interested in it. If it happened to this girl, it happened to me. It happened to my friend. We all delved in it a little bit. and And it wasn't out in the stores like it is today. It wasn't being promoted in this way. And and that really concerns me because I'm like, well, all the more now. to be more people delving into it thinking, you know, it's no big thing. It's just fun. But you, you uh, read this article, you'll see it's not just fun. Like real spiritual attacks happen to her. And so if you've been, if you've delved into it as a kid, I mean, and you're a Christian now, bring it up talk to the young kids in church and they they need to be warned about it because if they don't know it's a sin they're going to delve into it and that can get real dark um it can get really evil uh so i just think they i just think a lot of kids don't know that it's that god forbids this they think it is just for fun so it would be really nice if um this lady and others like her could, um, maybe stand up in church and give a testimony like this. Cause I've even seen people in church who are wearing, like I've noticed the crystal necklaces and I always recognize that is like witchcraft. And I've never asked these people like, Hey, are you into witchcraft? I just kind of look at them weird. I'm like, I don't really trust them, <laughs> but you know, you just kind of keep your eye on those people and I don't know, we need to be bold and speak up. I think we need to speak up on it and and not to judge them and be like, "What are you doing?" to say, "Hey, did you know this is what scripture says and I just want you to um to be aware and to know that is sin and um I, because I care about you know, bringing this up and just say like I think a lot of people are unaware and I just want to make sure if you are aware and maybe maybe you're not. So they won't be mad at you for bringing it up if you come at it lovingly like that. And I think that's what we need to do with all kinds of sin. If, if there's anything, um, cause you don't know everybody, but it's mostly the people you're close to that you're going to notice that they, they fall into sin. And if your friend is falling into sin, you need to reach out to them and, and they'll know why you're reaching out. They're going to know you're not judging them. And if they get mad, it's because they're being stubborn and prideful and don't want to admit they're wrong, but they know deep down in their heart that you're, approaching them about their sin because you love them, because you care about their eternity. So and this is just another one of those topics that I think people don't talk about. And we need to talk about it because it's right in our kids' faces. And even adults are drawn to it, I'm sure. It's not just the the teenagers. And, and if there's all these hurting teens, if there's that many teenagers that have sexual abuse and, and any kind of abuse, and they're looking for a place to belong and they want to be loved and accepted. And that's everybody's desire. And And that's what Christ offers. And we need to keep in mind that there's a lot of people in the church um, coming and visiting. And I don't know, maybe try to look at people this way and get to know them and love them and don't just be so caught up in church busyness and really get to know people. And spend time with them, because investing in people is the most—that's the most important ministry. It's not the programs at church per se, but it's people, and that's the messy part. That's the uncomfortable part. Um, people are quirky. They got things that are annoying, and that's—I don't know. It is hard to get close with people that somebody. Maybe you wouldn't even be friends with, but you have compassion for them because you see they're hurting, so you you have to make yourself um, get close to people, and you have to ask God to help you love people because we're all selfish. It doesn't matter it doesn't I'm not just going to be friends with people because I think they're like me, and they're so great. like I mean, come on, like God is holy, and we're not, and He's a friend of sinners. <laughs> like why would God want to be close with us? you know, so we can be close with anybody we're not above anyone so anyway um I guess that's all I have I'm gonna keep rambling um I'm gonna have to end this now uh I don't have Spencer here to um make this more flow better and so I'm not even watching the time so (laughs) anyway guys uh that's all I have for you and I'd love to discuss this with you guys on discord so please hop on there all right love you god bless